0: Welcome back to the podcast. This week, I'm speaking with Daniel Tafoya. He is an athlete whom I've been coaching for six, seven months now, and we got together to talk about Spartan races and training and how you compare training with health so that we have this long-term perspective, because Daniel's big goal, as he'll tell you, was really being around and being healthier for his family, and we took a lot of time to talk about training for health and how that pairs in order to hit your goals with things like Spartan races. We also had some fun talking about shave ices and climbing the Manitou incline and some other goofy things. I think you'll really get a lot out of it and if you do please hit that little follow button or subscribe or whatever it is on your podcast app of choice Apparently, it matters a lot in terms of getting it in other people's ears, so if you have like a half a second to hit the follow button, I'd really appreciate it. All right, let's get to the episode.
1: Welcome to the Trail and Ultra Running Training Podcast. My name is Will Franz, and I'm here to help you improve your training so you can have more fun out on the trails.
2: it all right
3: welcome to this week of the podcast. I have Daniel Tafoya on this week and he is someone I've been coaching for about six months now um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have you introduce yourself so that I don't screw it up. Uh, <laughs> who are you and how, how are you doing
2: <laughs> Yeah yeah Daniel Tafoya. I uh, reside in Colorado Springs, Colorado uh, for probably the last nine years. Um, and uh, was lucky enough to run across Will in a, uh, I believe it was a Spartan group uh, that someone had tagged him in as uh, being some amazing trainer, so I wanted to check him out, and here we are six months later, so.
3: That's probably overstated, to be very honest, but I appreciate the appreciate the un, unasked for plug, um, so I guess that comes to it, like how long have you been doing Spartan races then?
2: Yeah, so um, I, it was it was always one of my uh, kind of bucket list items as just like an adult. I was like, I've always been athletic in one way, shape, or form um, growing up, and uh, I had heard about Spartan races probably like a decade ago, and uh, it just just stuff didn't line up either. I just didn't feel like I could do it, or uh, or just life got in the way. And, um, once COVID hit, or it was just like, probably like a, a, maybe six months or so before COVID hit, I had signed up for my first race, um, and then COVID hit and it kind of, it got postponed. Um, and so I believe like 2021 was the first time I could do some races. And, uh, and so I was able to do a race there. Uh, and then last year, um, so when I did the race, it was like, Hey, I checked my bucket Right. I, I, I got it. Uh, And so my when next thing. You,
3: sorry, when you started, did
2: you start with like 5K, the sprint or? Yeah. Yeah. Just okay. started with the entry oh. level. Right. Just the 5K, the sprint, which um, for those that aren't familiar with uh, Spartan, they have three kind of uh, signature races. Right. They have the sprint, the super and the beast. Sprint being a 5K, uh, super, a 10K and then the beast, a half marathon with a little bit more obstacles in each of those lengths. Um, and so, yeah, just started with the sprint. Uh, to me, that was the pinnacle, right? <laughs> it was just a Spartan race. Sure. Um, but yeah, once I did that, uh, my I set my sights on doing a trifecta, which is to do all three of those lengths within a 12 month period. Uh, or I, or some people uh, will do them in a trifecta weekend that they have sometimes, where they do it all within two days. Which I think is crazy and i look up to those people because uh that's that's uh mad crazy but it was as you can surprise see- me if some people hearing this have done that so yeah it is a, it's a whole thing man for sure as you can see here though this is this is what i you know i always have it back here because this is kind of the trifecta medal that i got to get to put together when i did those three races um but yeah so that's kind of been my spartan journey um I've done one in here in 2023. I hope to do hope, hope to get another trifecta this year as well. But uh, be
3: legit, man. I mean, and I, I mean, I know the answer to this, but where are you on this year's like tra- trifecta path? I
2: was... uh, so I need to, um, I need to do a super and a B still. So like the middle and the, in the long one. And, um, depending on how stuff works out from like a family and just life dynamic, um, Probably get that done like October, November time frame. That'd be awesome, man. I
3: mean, what drew you to OCR? Like why the obstacle course stuff?
2: Well, I, you know, there's a lot of obstacle course races out there. Right? You hear about them. Tough Mudder, which actually Spartan uh, purchased right. or they merged. That's what I did like yeah. 12 years
3: ago. Yeah. Okay. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of, you know, there's, there's color runs and whatever. And they're like, you know, have different stuff. Um, I looked at Spartan as kind of it, as kind of the ability of like, I've always been a strength training type of a person. And so selfishly, it felt like um, a run that I didn't have to run the full time. <laughs> so it allowed me to take some breaks and actually like, you know, use some muscles. But then it yeah. also, um, there, was, there was a lot of technicalities in a lot of those um, obstacles that they have. Not all of them. Some of them are like, you have to go under a dunk wall in, in like ice cold water. And, um, as long as you hold your breath, you can do that, yeah. but there, there's some other technical stuff that you either need to know some technical, uh, abilities or, you know, the, the practice them like the rope climb, um, or just have forearm upper body strength for, you know, monkey bars or the beaters or whatever, uh, the Z wall. So there's, there's different stuff that require different types of technique a little bit. And that's what kind of drew me to it. Cause I felt that was a little unique instead of me just figuring out how do I run a marathon? Or a half marathon. How do I run a half marathon and also compete like thirty-five obstacles at the same time? Yeah. you know, uh, I get that. And it's something like that. Kind of I felt did. like, yeah, it was a little. Yeah, I was bit, gonna say,
3: like, when I did mine, I wasn't super into running, right? So, like, it it gives you a bit of a break and like
2: it it interrupts it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, sure, man. Help I'm me like, take a breather. You know. although yeah, the the, the obstacles themselves hiked up the heart rate, but in a different way. And it felt accomplishing when you got, you know, you could compete it and, and ring the bell, you know, through the through the obstacle. So absolutely. So for like some of those obstacles,
3: like I don't I don't know, like a spear throw, how do you how do you practice that? Or do you just like take a take a gamble and hope that you can get
0: it in the, yeah. in the
2: wall? So some of those, it was just a gamble, like especially the first time I did it. Um I don't I still as fun as it would be with little kids and dogs, I've never set up a spear throw in my backyard. Um, but uh, and so and, and just um, luckily, I've just naturally I've been able to hit it every time. Um, I probably jinx myself now and I probably won't be able to do it moving forward. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've probably um, probably messed that up going forward. But yeah, up to this point, knock on wood, I've been able to hit the spear throw. But some other stuff, specifically the, uh, the um, rope climb has been, you know, a nemesis of mine. I've never been able to do it up until the last race. I just did uh, the first race of this year. was the first time I was able to complete it. Thanks to you, sir. I appreciate all the training and coaching we've done up to this point. I definitely felt the difference. Um, but I also, you know, I had a rope here, uh, at the house to, to kind of help with some of the technique on the footwork piece of it. So that once I did ring the bell 20 feet up or whatever it is, 15 feet up that I didn't just, you know, fall to my death afterwards. So, I mean, that is like a key point of that particular
3: obstacle, the not yeah. the not falling back down the rope or not getting <laughs> roped burn on the way back down the rope is a key aspect for sure. Yeah,
2: I've definitely seen some skin avulsions and things like that on people yeah. from,
3: you know, uh, doing that. So
2: I've ha- had them
3: from different rope related activities. So, yeah, I, I feel you. It's not the not the best, especially when you're. Have quite a ways to still go. So, like, if you're looking at some of these obstacles, for those who don't know, if you can't do them or don't want to do them or something feels off to you, like, say you know for a fact you're not going to get up this rope, like, what happens?
2: Yeah, it it depends on the course uh, and the location. Um, traditionally, it would been each each obstacle that you fail, you have to do 30 burpees, um, which is uh, is yeah. definitely the the. Worship of two evils, or however you want to say it, right? <laughs> so, uh, you definitely want to try to complete the obstacle. These days, there is a lot of times where most of these obstacles have a, what they call penalty loop, which adds distance to, uh, that. you know, it's not included in the distance for the race. Um, so it adds distance to yourself on, on running that. And a lot of times they make it to where you're like, they like dig out a big, part of it and so you have to like go down a steep incline you know and come back up and different stuff to make it not just a flat road that you're running around um but uh but yeah traditionally you know it's the 30 burpees is kind of how that was uh that was laid out so got it
3: (laughs) yeah i actually didn't know the penalty loop was
2: an option now that's for some sometimes it's just straight burpees these days though uh most of the time they'll have the penalty loop for most of them yeah, that's
3: honestly really good. Like, I have very mixed opinions on burpees. I think if you're able to do them, they're fantastic. I think for most people, it's a great way to create a shoulder separation or injury. Um, Yeah, most people can't do push-ups anyway, so doing them under fatigue is stupid. So, like, I uh, feel... That there's another option is a really positive thing. That's good. And I mean, yeah, I don't program burpees for anybody unless you're doing a Spartan race and you get to do quite a few of them. So I remember. (laughs) Yeah, I know you do. (laughs) So um, what does like standard training look like for them? some of this stuff? Like I know when I was, when I did mine over a decade ago, it was actually probably exactly a decade ago, summer of 2013. And when we did that, it was like, I was really strong. I was not that concerned about it. I was very concerned about the running because I couldn't run at the time. So I spent most of my time training for that. Um, What do you, what do you do? What have you done in the past when it comes to like training for something where you're not just running up to a half marathon, but you also have to throw spears and climb over walls and dunk yourself in cold water.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the type of workouts that work best are more functional type of workouts uh, as well as you know um, uh, lifts that are more uh, isometric uh, in nature um, help you know fatiguing the muscle uh, getting muscle endurance um, is helpful because you know you're doing some repeated like there's multiple walls you have to go over for instance right and it's like the first couple might be fine. But then you, along with other obstacles, you get to the, the last wall and you can't you can't, you know, get yourself your chest up and over because your, your muscles are fatigued. So having that muscle, you know, working on that muscle fatigue and then um, any kind of incline that you can do, you know, trying to do cardio at a at a um, elevated heart rate for a longer period of time, I think is helpful Uh, because of the fact that that's that that mimics reality of what's going on a lot of times in the races and luckily i've done most of my races that have been at lower elevation uh they haven't had a ton of uphills but there's quite a bit of spartan races that are done on um ski slopes you know oh yeah (laughs) and so that's uh that's something that you know working on that is important
3: they're a nightmare man like i was planning to do one in about a week uh Due to scheduling things, it wasn't I had to give my ticket to somebody else, but like it is up at Snow Basin Resort. And I volunteered there, I think last year, two years ago. And it is it's a mess.
2: <laughs> it's there's so much incline at that thing, it's ridiculous. Well, a lot of those places have a different uh weather system too, right? And yeah, absolutely. I would say that if you're looking at getting into a Spartan race, just expect that you're gonna get at least uh um, muddy, you know, but I mean, most of the time wet in, in some way, shape or form, whether it's yeah. drenched in sweat, cause you're in like hundred degree weather in Arizona, you know, or you are in the dunk wall, you know, and then having to do the slip wall after that and, you know, slipping with mud on the rope and on the walls and things like that. So maybe not as crazy as tough mudder from what I've heard. I've never done one, but, uh, but I mean, they're, they're merging to where the last one I did earlier this year felt like what a Tough Mudder should have been. So,
3: (laughs) I mean, they're, they're different in their types of absurdity. If I'm being honest, like I've talked to a couple of people who do Spartans, Um, Tough Mudder. I don't think the obstacles were as hard. Then again, strong. I was like 30 pounds lighter at the time too. So that didn't hurt when you're going over walls and like the cardio aspect was the biggest thing there. Mine was also on like an air force base in Phoenix. So it was flat. So like that was actually a big thing with the Tough mutter. Although historically you do tend to get electrocuted at some point in that race, which I did not personally enjoy. Um, my, my former roommate who convinced me to do the stupid race, like you get through these like 13, 12, whatever miles. And like at the very end, like this finish line is like in, in sight. And you just want you run through these like wires, and you can either army crawl under them and still probably get tapped, or you can just book it through them. Uh, we being early 20 year olds who didn't care chose the book it through them option, and uh, <laughs> Patrick made it through fairly unscathed like he got hit. Uh, I got hit and like went down open eyed into mud with my contacts and did not have a great moment but it was fun it was fun it was fun after the fact it was it was very post fun i was probably like in retrospect had some hip issues a little bit of shock like all these things but when you're 23 mm, who cares it's right (laughs) (laughs) makes sense my body these days (laughs) have a fairly different opinion of the electrocution (laughs) but you know it's what it is (laughs) um so when you say incline i want to make like a mild left turn here you are in colorado springs want at home to like kind of the legendary Manitou incline have you have you done that
2: i have um <clears throat> i actually have i love it about to go uh and do it uh in two weeks actually for my wife's birthday she wants to do it for her birthday okay know? that's a particular <laughs> birthday choice all right <laughs> and, and, um, <laughs> And we've done it a couple other years uh, on her birthday as well. I don't know why she wants to pick her birthday to do it, but it just happens to be because it's during the summer. It's beautiful weather. Uh, With a 40, 40 to between 40 to 60 pound pack on my back as well. When I used to train for search and rescue out here too. And um, I'm not going to be doing that in a couple weeks. I'm just going to want to try to make it up without dying. But yeah, it's basically just a, it's a staircase, you know, over a mile up. Um, And uh, I would say probably like every 15 to 20 steps, you look back and like, it looks different because the elevations changed so much from the last time you looked. And it's just, uh, it's insane. Um, And it's more, what's funny is it's more mentality, like mental than anything. I mean, it's definitely taxing physically. Um, But the, I think where a lot of people get in trouble is that, it looks, especially on the short term, it looks doesn't look like you're climbing up a mountain vertically, and it's just you know railroad ties that you're going up, and um, you feel like you can just you know do kind of a quick walk up like you would with regular stairs, and uh, and it gases people so quick, and it's like you have to mentally just tell yourself over and over like slow down, slow down, right. Um, because otherwise you'll, you'll gas yourself pretty quickly up that, up that incline, so. Yeah, absolutely, man, and the steps
3: thing, I think is, it's a different kind of torture, right, like anybody who's been on a, I've never done the Manitou, I did climb a mountain in China that, like, notoriously has, like, five or 7,000, like, stone steps, if you take the older route, it's 5,000, it's the same heights. you can imagine the difference in step heights at some point right so I only did the 5,000 one those a lot of the group did the 7,000 and it's just it's long and it's kind of a slog it's like being on the Stairmaster in the gym yes it's difficult it's also just like difficult and tedious also really pretty like China's really pretty Colorado Springs is really pretty like I like the you know
2: different views every 20 20 steps idea but it's hard (laughs) it is it's hard and and like you said it's like monotonous going up uh especially if you're going slow you know people want to just get up to the top right um and take pictures and so uh but uh, and don't get me wrong like there are different um level of animals out there like humans that are crazy like I have to. I have to. There was actually just a bear on the incline like three days ago. That someone's like, really. I have to. I have to say animals and like beasts. Uh, in terms of like human beasts, going up that thing like running up it and then actually running down, which is crazy scary to me. Yeah. But yeah, they they'll run up, run down. People there's people that like that's their daily activity. They'll go there every day daily um, that feels like a lot i don't know man
3: like this is like watching killian like attack his vertical kilometer stuff i'm just like <laughs> I, I don't know dude
2: that feels yeah. like <laughs> i mean they're they're doing it at you know 62 6500 feet of elevation sure um, over seven thousand. you get up there um seven eight thousand something like that when you're at the top and uh yeah i'm i'm assuming that they're you know they're doing some of those ultras and things that are yeah. at the high elevation over here, like Leadville and stuff, you know? Yeah.
3: So, I mean, I know people use it to train for like the Pikes Peak Marathon and everything. That too. That's oh, bigger, a yeah. yeah, bigger
2: thing that they're, they're probably using it for. Yeah. To go up the bear trail or bar trail for that.
3: So you mentioned that you did search and rescue and I don't think you and I have actually ever really talked about that. Like how long have you, how long did you do that?
2: Um, only for about a year because I, uh, I, I got onto the team um, and I I got onto the team. I think it was like in sometime in 2018, I think it was something like that. All the years kind of blend together. Um, But uh, we had purchased a shave ice business, a mobile shave ice business, like a year later and um, the busy season for search and rescue is tourist season, which is during the summer. Well, that's also the busiest season for a uh, shave ice business in Colorado, right? We can't sell shave ice in the wintertime. And so I had to kind of take uh, the investment as precedence over a volunteer uh, role. But, um, you know, i had always had an affinity for like EMS and fire. Um, and I had looked again in the fire department uh, back in Phoenix in you know, another life. And so this was kind of a kind of scratching that itch. I was thinking I'd get El Paso County search and rescue and, and do that. But I mean, although it's a volunteer organization, it's a a lot of hours that they ask of you 20 Mm -hmm. plus hours a month um, for that. And, you know, whether it's committee work, training, and then going out on calls um, and I just couldn't swing that with the business. So I had to take precedence, but yeah, it was a lot of, I mean you're you're having to do a lot of like repelling you know and um and and lugging a bunch of equipment you know up and down you know trails and whatnot so i had to train for that in kind of different ways kind of similar to spartan you know a little bit more functional training throwing stuff over my shoulder sandbags right or loading up a pack and, and carrying that pack on my back and, and going for you know miles at a time so yeah absolutely man
3: i mean i could definitely see a ton of crossover between those two i mean i've talked to people who i was just on the phone the other day with someone who i knew in korea who's now in the fire department and like the way he and i were talking about training is very similar to the way i was talking to you about training for spartan like they have a lot of crossovers so that makes a ton of sense yeah yeah 100 so like for i know this is not exactly what i intended to go down but like for search and rescue stuff like I am not, I don't know a lot in this area, like, but I do spend a lot of time in the outdoors and probably do a lot of ignorant shit that I probably shouldn't do. Uh, any advice for those of us who spend a lot of time outdoors um, to better take care of ourselves, like just simple stuff. I'm not saying you necessarily need to know everything, but basic stuff that like we might be overlooking.
2: Yeah, no, good question. Um, uh, don't go up the incline with flip flops on and pregnant, or go up two weeks after having a heart bypass surgery. Um, no, oh, I mean, just, yeah, no, for real. I've seen people hiking in heels, and like yeah, it yeah. just yep. seems nope, those were those were actual calls that came in on the incline. Um, wow, so done that. So, uh, so I, I joke, but yeah, I don't think anybody's hopefully going to do that. Um, I have not. They Yeah. That's why I, I give a little PSA for that. But no, in reality though, like just, I think one is making sure you have an adequate amount of water. You are properly clothed in um, breathable, you know, cotton type materials. Um, and then you also let someone know where you're going and when you should be back. Um, there's plenty of apps out there, all trails, uh, Karen app, uh, uh, you know, there, there's, there's different, there's different apps out there you can use these days that help, especially if you're going to go somewhere where you're going to be like off trail somewhere, there's a, there's a way to, you know, have it alert people that are in your like circle, you know, in that app, if you're not back at a certain time, um, or, or, you know, that you had set in there and they can try to reach out to you and they can help to, to, you know, get, you know, local authorities involved if they need to. Um, if you're going to be out, I would say for, you know, more than four hours or going to go to somewhere where it's like Pike's peak, where it's a different, it's a different ecosystem, you know, a different weather system up there and, you know, lightning strikes, it might be clear skies right above you, but lightning can strike like over top of the mountain. Um, and, most of the time, those roll in mid afternoon and you just you'll get caught in it, right? Um, so you're gonna be out for a longer period of time. You know, sometimes it's good if you have one to bring like a, a GPS that has an SOS, they're usually not expensive these days and it's super easy to carry on you. And just, just in case, you know, if some you know someone has a medical emergency, it's gonna be a lot faster for search and rescue to get to them than for you to try to figure out how to bring them down off the mountain you know, if you're going out with someone, but yeah, especially if you're going out on your own, you know, doing those, just even those little things um, would help a ton just to keep you safe.
3: I like those a lot. And I think it does seem so simple. Just like tell someone where you're going, right? Like that, that is something I do try to do every time and it can make a big difference. And then you and I are both desert people. So I think a lot of people overlook this, but it's like water, (laughs) right? Like, yeah. I feel like every year I hear about someone moving to the desert from not in the desert. And like, they go out for a 40 minute effort and either die or almost die from like heat stroke, like water, bring water, always bring water.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and just knowing, you know, especially if you are going out somewhere where, um, <clears throat> you know, you're not familiar with the terrain or you're not familiar with the weather, Um, A lot of people take that for granted too. Right. Um, But, but heat exposure, cold exposure, you know, um, rain, all that stuff play a a lot bigger factor um, than you realize, especially as time goes on. Uh, One of the calls we had was like a, he was like probably no more than like 20 year old, like adult kid. Just went out, went out in a t-shirt shorts and had like one of the like Costco bottle of water and um, like Skechers shoes and he decided to try to climb up a big mountain out here. And, uh, and he would just, and it's, and he kind of lives kind of close by. And he decided to go out and it's like, his thought was just like, why follow the trail? Cause the trail meanders. Like I want the fastest way to the top and fastest way between point A and point B is just straight. So he tried to go straight and he ended up cliffing out. It had rained a ton for weeks on end before. So like every step there's rocks or boulders coming out from under your feet and he had cliffed out and, and of course he went out with his cell phone that probably at the time had maybe 20% battery left at the time when he called 911, it was around single digits. And um, it, 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 it went dead by the time search and rescue was like at the mountain, but at least they had a triangular like place around the mountain where he probably was. Um, but again, there was just, it's all these multiple factors, right? That play into it and, and build up each other. He wasn't properly clothed. He didn't bring enough water right and he he, and he wasn't uh smart around like how he was gonna hike because he didn't have experience hiking off trail and wouldn't know how to get back and he didn't really tell anybody you know where exactly he was going and when he was going to get back the only way we knew where he was because of his nine one one call you end up okay yeah yeah it was uh i think it was a seven hour mission that i was on for that oh man that's a lot i left my house around eight o'clock got Got to um, where I need to be around 7.30, 7.45, and, or uh, eight 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 8.45. And then we ended up finding him like around 9.30 and didn't get like down off the mountain until like two or three in the morning um, because it was pitch dark, right? And it was like, and we decided, let's try to go back down the way he kind of came. And we had other search and rescue coming up and we we're trying to meet in the middle because there was, it would, we would get to a point where we thought, all right, let's see if we can go this way, right? You know, shine this flashlight and it because it it like looked kind of like it would go down, slope down, but I shine this flashlight and it was like kind of prairie-ish, like at a definitely slope, right? And then all of a sudden I just see like tops of pine trees, like all the way. So you just know there was like a cliff of like at least 20 plus feet down um, from there. And we're just, like, oh, can't yeah. go that way. We have to keep keep going, you know, horizontal and oh, try man. to find way. So it took a long time and it was cold. It was probably like in the forties um, uh, throughout the night there. And so we had to give him some, some blankets. Cause he's like I said, had shorts on and <laughs> yeah. out of water, had to give him, give him some water. So yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It worked out. Okay. But there's a lot of people who worked on that to get this guy um, off the mountain it's one of the weird things about being out here
3: too like I I don't think a lot of people until you end up in that space realize how easy it is to get cliffed out like just completely seemingly completely surrounded by nowhere to go like <laughs> it's, yeah it's it's weird uh I ended up in that spot on a snowboard once and it was not uh not disastrous but not ideal for sure
2: yeah so, yeah. yeah I mean he felt. He legitimately felt that if he let go of what he was holding on to on on the on the side of the wall that he would lose like footing and he would you know and he would fall um and not great and yeah. again maybe if it had been dry or drought conditions over the last month maybe it would have been a little bit easier sure uh, but but with all the erosion that was going on like actively erosion uh it was just there was no way we had to rappel down to him and then and then you know um, get him all you know set up with a harness and then rappel him down with us to a spot where we could like stand um so it was a that was probably like one of the biggest missions I went on in yeah that, in that 12-month period I was on the team that's cool man It's yeah. cool
3: you did that love yeah. that yeah so uh I guess what made you open a Shave Ice place? That sounds like a interesting thing from what I know about you. Like, how, why, why a
2: Shave Ice spot? Um, well, we've always been kind of, I at least always been kind of entrepreneurial um, in spirit. And um, we had been going to, it's a, it was a mobile like Shave Ice trailer. And uh, we had uh, we'd been going there for a couple of years since we had moved to Colorado um, loved it from Arizona. You know, would go to some shave ice places out there, and this was a kind of authentic Hawaiian shave ice. wasn't uh, wasn't you know an actual snow cone, but it was like you know getting it at Hawaii. So, it, what is what is the
3: distinction there for those who? So, yeah, for so the difference. Well, mo-
2: The biggest distinction is a uh, you know, a, like a snow cone is usually this crumbly um, ice that was just kind of chewed up in a machine you a lot of times it's like chip ice that's done that way um and like all the syrup kind of just you know goes down to the bottom of the cup after you put it on doesn't soak up with the ice um shave ice in hawaiian version of shave ice or uh, in japanese style shave ice you know it's very it's shaved off a block of ice and uh so the so it's a a, a full block you know solid block of ice it's shaved really thin And it's very, so it's very like fluffy and it absorbs the syrup, kind of melts in your mouth. You don't feel like you really have to chew it. Um, So it's, it's divine. I love love it, it, man. (laughs) The the Koreans make one
3: called bingsu. That's like, they'll often do it out of milk. So it's Mm -hmm. like, kind of like ice cream, but
2: the texture of shaved ice. It's a different flavored. Yeah. 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 Spot on. Miss it immensely. Yeah. (laughs) It's good stuff, man. Uh, we had all the authentic flavors, make it with, you know, real cane sugar instead of high fructose corn syrup. And, um, we got most of the flavor syrup concentrates from, from Hawaii, uh, distributor in Hawaii. Uh, but we had purchased it from the original owners and we had owned it and ran it for about three years. Uh, just sold it last year. Good, good experience from a, you know, retail, you know, kind of food service industry experience. You know that's awesome man but decided we we wanted to have our summers back so i can see that
3: yeah
1: <laughs> and then
2: of course wild hair started thinking like oh maybe i can get back into search and rescue so <laughs> yeah we'll see. Uh, there's definitely some like i could see how that
3: might lead back to that that's mm-hmm. cool yeah i knew a woman who's like she's she takes care of all the lifties her name is mel she runs a bar down in heber if you're ever in heber utah go to Go to Melvin's. Good bar. Anyway, um, she ran this coffee shop at the base of Park City and, like, everybody who works there, she gives you coffee for, like, a dollar whereas, like, it's a lot more than that. And everybody loves Mel. They run a, like, ice cream shop in the in Heber, or used to. It was also, like, a shape ice ice creamy kind of shop in Heber for a really long time in the summers and it was cool. I think they, like, got, I don't think it's open anymore. I think it was in favor of the bar, but Yeah, it's a cool spot.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Next time I go through there.
3: Yeah, if you're ever through there, anybody ever through Heber, like it's a it's a bar restaurant. You can take your kids because in Utah, that's not always true. Uh, And Mel's is a great spot. So, anyway, um, as far as like hiring a coach and doing that stuff, like you mentioned, you found me in a Facebook group. I appreciate the kind words. That's not really what I'm looking for here. I actually kind of wanted to ask you about um, motivation and priorities and purpose and stuff. Cause like, as you said, you've been an athlete for a long time, you've lifted, like you can do, most of us can do a lot of this stuff on our own, right? Like we can, we can own that. I can own that as a coach. Um, what caused you to like, want to get a little, little help for a little bit?
2: Yeah. no, oh, I appreciate you asking. I think there was <clears throat> kind of multiple factors that went into play with that. Um, I felt like I had some medical stuff that came up, uh, after COVID after I had gotten COVID and, um, you know, and and stuff that it seemed like never cropped up before. So regardless on where, what side of the fence you're on about all that stuff, you know, I, I feel like I personally experienced, you know, issues around having COVID and, uh, and so, and some of that really affected me from a physical perspective and, 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 uh, an athlete developed even mental stuff I developed you know uh, like health anxiety and and some other stuff and um, so you know I think I hung on you know Spartan as as something that I felt like if I can do this uh, I you know and and I did my first race after having COVID and I felt like I was like the worst part of my life at COVID and then six months later we to run this race and I felt like I I got that pinnacle you know and I can't, I can't Um, and it felt great, Um, but I've had stuff since then that, uh, you know, um, I felt like, although I I hung my hat on, on wanting to be better athlete from a Spartan race perspective, I think I really was looking for help from just holistic, just health and wellness, and and trying to, trying to be better from a health perspective, Uh, never been the best, like, eater from when it comes to like quality of food. Um, you know, I think a lot of people can can attest to that just in the Western diet and culture we're in. Um, yeah, man. I mean, you know, I tasty. it's tasty. Yeah. Hard yeah. Hard. I don't run for through sure. McDonald's seven days a week. I'm not at that level yet. You know, um, who knows, but, uh, but, but no, but I, but I, but I also don't eat celery all day, you know, which is yeah. probably just as bad for you, but in a different way. Uh, <laughs> I think, can uh, tell you for a fact, you know? but, uh, but, you. but regardless, However, um, yeah. <laughs> I think, I, I needed some of that extra attention, you know, and, um, and accountability was a big thing. And, uh, you know, cause I, I think so much around health and wellness is a mindset piece. And I think we can get into a spot where we are complacent and we just kind of go through our daily motions. And, um, and then you look back and maybe from day to day, it doesn't seem like uh, you made an impact one way or the other. But I don't know if you're familiar with the book Atomic Habits, but, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's talking about kind of the 1% changes, right, that you can make, you know, in these, these minuscule or, or atomic, you know, small little changes you can make, but they add up over time to a, to a, a very large change, whether it's a, a habit or whatnot. And, and so same is true here, right, for fitness and for health and for diet or whatever you want to focus on from a mindset perspective. You know, we're so short-sighted and especially in this in this um, uh, society today with social media and everything, it's instant gratification and everything is perfect and everybody's lives are great and whatnot. So we've seen all these snapshots and you look back on your day or the previous day and you're like, eh, well, I had that burger, or I had this or I, or I missed my workout here, but I feel the same. Or I feel that's fine, right? But then you look, if you keep doing that, in like a week later, or a month later, or a year later, all those little things, they add up in in one direction or another. And, um, and I think for just too long, I was going down a direction that in the long term, I probably don't want to go down from a health perspective. Uh, And so that's why, you know, coming to you and and looking for coach and looking for help was really about that accountability. um, And being able to look at what direction do I need to take? you know, with those little tiny habit changes, right? It's just making sure that I have X amount of workouts per week or per month, but that, that, that boils down to making sure I get my workout in for the day, right? Because then it starts to add up to the amount that I need for the week and the month, right? And similar, you know, when it comes to meditation, when it comes to, you know, diet, any, any of that stuff to kind of help you out, I think, you know, those little things is what really adds up over time, that consistency. Yeah, I agree. And
3: kind of in the same vein of what you're saying about how all the like bad stuff can add up over time. I don't think like, I think once you end up in that spot, it's also really hard to realize how deep into it you are. Um, I think this is why things like Whole 30 had been so life-changing for some people, right? And, like, I'm actually not a huge fan of these, like, aggressive protocols. It's not my jam. Um, But, like, after you do something for long enough, it just kind of becomes normal. And I'll say this, like, for me, for, like, a sleep perspective, like, I do better than average on very little sleep. So it's pretty easy for me to not sleep very much on day-to-day. And then just end up like a few weeks down the line and like not feeling great is kind of normal. And then if I focus on my sleep for a week, I'm like, ah, I felt like shit for a long time. Right. Um, and I think we can end that way in activity or food or sleep or recovery or whatever. Um, once you have like dug this hole this deep, you're just kind of in the hole and it's, it's very normal to be living
2: down in the hole. No, yeah, not hundred percent. I think. I think you know again there's so much in our lives these days you know just just in our nucleus of our families or or you step out and our friends and and acquaintances and then and then what we see online and in the media um there's so much stuff that kind of grabs our attention and you know in different ways um all the time and it's hard to focus on the idea that um that that the the goal that you want to hit uh, that you want to get to can take months or years. And, and you're not going to be able to do that instantaneously and it, like those, like those quick hits of dopamine that you get every day, scrolling yeah. through your phone or whatnot. And, yeah. and that's what makes it so hard for people to achieve the goals they want to achieve, especially when in health and fitness, because of yeah. the fact that it's um it took a, and, and that's what I have to remind myself almost daily, especially from a, a diet and just health perspective just to share. And I know I've shared with you that, yeah, I, I was technic, technically diagnosed with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and, uh, and I'm actively working on, on fixing that, right. Of reducing the fat concentration, in my liver. Um, and you know, I have to remind myself every cause I, I feel generally healthy, I've never been technically overweight, you know, BMI is a little higher, but I also have a lot of muscle mass. And, uh, you know, I've um, never been diabetic, never been a lot of these, you know, a lot of these things that say they predispose you for, you know, uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease.
0: Yeah. And so I
2: I have to always like remind myself that it probably took years of lifestyle to get me to where I'm at today. And so I I can't fix years of that with with days or weeks of, of something different. Right. It's gonna take months or years to to come back from that. And and it's just a mindset change, right? You have to have that mindset and that fortitude to understand that consistency is what's gonna get you to where you need to be and just to work on that and and not think that you have to change everything. You know, one big thing for me was just, hey, I want to I wanna get up and take the the supplements that I want to have every morning, like first thing, you know, and then and have some meditation. And if if I can fit these in on a daily basis, every single day, eventually it become habit, you know. And that's like one of the first things I think of now every time I wake up. All right, before I do anything else, got you know before I go run and get her coffee or make a coffee or whatever. Um, I used to be like eighty percent still asleep, and that was my first thing was I want coffee. I want I want a little bit of coffee and my cream and sugar is what it really was, right? And uh, and now it's like I got to do these healthy things first, um, or at least in my mind, you know you know these these things are gonna make me healthier so yeah become yeah. habit and it's just those little things that you do on a daily basis to change you know change stuff on a bigger scale.
3: Yeah I mean you couldn't be more right like it is an appreciated perspective on my end to have someone else say like it takes a while right And like I have some version of that conversation probably every day <laughs> for being serious. Like definitely a few times a week and it is just hard. And sometimes that conversation is with myself. Like that is not like, it's not like I'm into it. Every coach I know goes through the same shit. Like it is, it's hard. Like you don't want to, we as humans are not great at the long-term perspective on thing. And it's just cause for most of human history the long-term perspective was not that important like you were much more likely to die of, of very present spear disease or tiger than you were from like NAFLD or whatever right it just wasn't NAFLD not an alcoholic fatty liver disease for those who don't know um and it's gonna be like just not the first thing in your brain yet we're living a lot longer. Um, we are a much more global society, like some of these long-term perspectives, uh, that we do not do very well at taking, uh, cause a lot of problems. (laughs) So yeah, I appreciate like even looking a year down the line, maybe two, you can do an insane, make an insane amount of progress. I mean, you've seen it. And I've seen it in most people, if they're willing to commit a good year to a pro- process, you're going to make an insane amount of progress, but it's a year. <laughs> <laughs> and Like you probably built to where you were over the course of decades. So in the grand scheme of things, a year is not that much, but feels like a lot, yeah. especially when you have something over here, like Octavia or Octavia or whatever saying, they like, you'll lose 30 pounds in 30 days and be whatever. Um hate that diet it should die (laughs) like uh it's really hard to make the conscious choice to take the longer but more sustainable path when nothing's in
2: your face yeah well that one specifically i think they tell you you're not allowed to work out because you're not because you're on an 800 calorie diet you actually die yeah (laughs) Yeah. you know i can't not work out i can't not like get in a gym is a specific workout yeah um so that would be hard for me but, um, yeah, it's uh, that one's the worst one <laughs> that yeah. I've seen personally. Yeah, but you're right. Uh, you're right, and I, I think too. I think you know. Again, coming back to mindset and and uh, you know on this, that it's hard. Like even a year of change, right? And and I think what's harder is that because of how long it is, um, you inevitably are going to feel like you screwed up, right? Yeah. That i mean like. you
3: probably will screw up to be yeah. fair and,
2: and, that's also yeah, yeah yeah but but screw up in the sense of feel like you failed right you yeah feel like, failure. Absolutely. like i ate two bowls of ice cream and i shouldn't have had any ice cream so i failed yeah right? i think you feel like you got knocked down and i think what the fortitude and and the uh that that you can show uh to yourself specifically is you know, when you get knocked down, is, is are you going to get back up, right? How important it is for you to, to get to that finish line, right? And it's no different than, you a Spartan race. You can't make it over the obstacle. Obviously, there's, there's a lot of people around you that, that are so supportive in that community to help you up and, and over these things, over the wall, wherever you need help with. And similarly, why, you know, a coach is so important because that's that person to help you out when you do feel like you failed or fall down for them to be able to get in your face and be like, hey, you didn't fail. You know, this is just a bump in the road, this long journey, and you're going to have those, those, you know, ups and downs, but as long as there's more ups than downs, you're, you're going to be, your trajectory is going to be in a positive. Like, yeah. And I
3: think like, that's you just maybe analogy to a Spartan race. And it's actually just spurred something in my mind. That's so relevant to what you're talking about. Like the thing that I see most people do myself included for years, I think. I'm better at this now. Um, when you do screw up, when you do like have the short-term failure, so many people like punish themselves for it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, which sure (laughs) kind of feels emotionally good in the moment. Um, it might like correct the progress you lost or whatever, very heavily in quotes but it it doesn't work long-term. And a lot of the time it actually ends up creating this really negative relationship with this lifestyle you're trying to create. And like for the comparison to a Spartan race, like if you, if you miss the spear throw and you have to do 30 burpees or you miss the spear throw and you have to do your loop, you don't then also do the next obstacle twice. Like, you don't like double down on punishing yourself. You just like move on and do the next one. And that's kind of where we are in this long-term like health and training perspective too. Like I, I have to tell people this is definitely weekly where someone misses a workout because their kid was sick or something, right? Like, or just it wasn't a good day. And they're like, should I do two tomorrow? I am like, no, the day's gone. Like move on. Right. Like we might tweak the next workout um, depending on if one like was leading to another, but like, I've, I don't think I've ever had, I had a triathlete once that like we would double up occasionally because like tried to get the bike in for the week and we'd cut both shorter but it wasn't like you put two days into one because you missed a day it just ends up leading to not as good of a workout <laughs> So like yeah
2: same deal here like you just kind of move on and take the next step yeah yeah exactly man I 100% agree I think um that that's that's inevitable with like any part of life, any facet of life. I mean, raising kids, right? Can't just raise them perfectly every single day. You're gonna feel like a failure as a parent uh, a lot of days. Um, but uh, but I think you know also to that point, and and kind of it it um, it bleeds a lot into all this we're talking about is like because you feel like a failure means that you care, right? That you actually care about your kid being better, right. Or your health to be better. You know, if you, if you screw up and you're like, well, I don't, whatever, I don't care. Um, You know, that, that tells a lot about what are, what are your real, real priorities. Right. And so I think you can look at it from that perspective and understand that, Hey, you know what, like, you you know, you can beat yourself up a little bit because you, because you do care because you want to get better. So, you know, so take it for what it is. Know that hey, we slipped a little bit here, and it's fine because in the course of you know the long scheme of things, it's just a little bit of a blip on the radar, and you know, and the rest of the tra- trajectory is going to be positive overall, right?
3: Absolutely, and the care thing is so important. Like I'm yeah. probably going to make that the clip for this episode, of light <laughs> a little teaser because I mean, very honestly, it is so important. I would rather have. The person, be it in my in-person training job or online or whatever, I would always rather have the person contact me and be like, hey, I missed this. Should I do two tomorrow? Versus like the person who ghosts me for two weeks, <laughs> which when you work at a big box gym, you get that quite a bit. It's just like part of part of the clientele. <laughs> it's just what it is. Um and the person who yes, they we might have a little neuroticism, which I relate to very well i'm fairly high on the neurotic spectrum like it that is going to lead to a lot more progress in the long term than the eh, disappear human so yeah i mean the fact that you care really is the biggest thing yeah exactly yeah well thanks so
0: much man
2: i really appreciate it this is a great conversation do you have anything else you want to say before we head out oh man i think we cover a lot i appreciate you. Uh let me jump on here and, uh, and have some time to talk with you. It's been great. Yeah, it was fun. And it was fun coaching you. Like
3: you're, I don't coach a lot of Spartan racers, but it's honestly probably more in my like day-to-day realm, how I train myself than anything else. So it's like a really good time. Awesome, dude.
2: Well, thanks cool. again. I appreciate it.
3: Yeah, of course, man. Hang out for a sec. Everybody else. Thank you so much. And we'll be back next week with another one. See ya.
1: Thank you for listening to the Trail and Ultra Running Training Podcast. Honestly, I'm still surprised and honored that anybody wants to hear what I have to say, so thank you. To be clear, not a doctor, nor a registered dietitian, or any other kind of medical professional, I'm a personal trainer, a nutrition coach, and a running coach, and I have a passion for training trail runners. You should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training or nutrition program. If you enjoyed the podcast or found it helpful, please take a second leave a rating or a view, I'd really appreciate it. Or you could just share it with someone for whom you think it might be helpful. I make these kinds of things in order to provide more quality, free resources to people. So the more people who hear it, the better. If you want more of this information, please head to The Trail, and ultra running training group on Facebook, where we discuss all aspects of training so you can have more fun doing the sport that you love. Thank you again for listening.